everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. We are a happily married couple that sits down and talks about kind of whatever comes to mind during that particular hour. Generally stuff that's been developing all week long. We have four children and it is 11 through 3. Um, we live in Montana. We, we homeschool. We homeschool. We like food. We go to church. Yep. I just built a van. We like to ski and do judo. And mountain bike. And mountain bike. Yep. Some of us do. Very exciting stuff. So anyway, um, yes, I just got back from uh, four days in the Pacific Northwest area, celebrating my brother's 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Jared. Yeah, happy birthday, Jared. We went skiing, which was super fun, at Crystal Mountain. Um, How big is Crystal Mountain? I don't know anything about it. Crystal... It's not huge. Like bigger um, than Red Lodge? No, it's a little bit more like somewhere around Bridger Bowl size. Okay. There's a bunch of backcountry access, too, but the snow is just horrible. Uh, well, it wasn't horrible. They'd had five inches up through about noon that day. So if, if it wasn't for that five inches, it'd have been pretty bad. Because hmm. it's the Pacific Northwest. It's so wet and everything gets really icy and it gets super warm. And everything underneath um, that five inches was just pure ice. Hmm. So um, anyway, so we had a great day, though. Some Found some great lines to ski, which was super fun. Um, I rented my brother a uh, a premium set up because he was like oh I've never been on anything other than like fleet stock and so he was on a I really I didn't have the wherewithal to go and reset bindings it's not hard but I was like man I kind of wanted to ski the ones he got because he was on Armada Declivities the 108 same waist as mine but basically replaced the Armada TSTs that I've been on for several years and I kind of wanted to ski him but he's like these are kind of amazing like I turned so easy and I, I, I'm not tired. Like, I just, I don't have to feel like I'm working as hard. I'm like, yep. He, has he really skied since ski started getting fatter? Yeah, he skied a couple times in the past couple of years. Like mm-hmm. the one, two Christmases ago when they all went to Discovery for a day, he oh, skied at right. Discovery. So um, we also skied this weekend without mm-hmm. you. Yep. I well, took... I, you're crazy. I, I have mad I'm not respect. crazy. I, I have didn't, mad respect for I didn't you. do it on purpose. You guys, our ski area... Has not had great snow, and then they, in their excitement on their Instagram, social, and Facebook, and social media, kept posting it snowed Thursday night and all day Friday, and so basically our entire state and northern Wyoming, pretty much, decided, maybe South Dakota, <laughs> decided to and Minnesota and parts matter, of North Dakota yeah. decided to go skiing on Saturday, and so on a normal Saturday. Our kids, our two middle kids do lessons that start at one, and but our kids hate having to park in the lower parking lot. There's our scary has an upper lot and a lower lot and a lower lot. You have to walk. It's probably the equivalent of what three flights of stairs, four flights of stairs. Yes. Uh, to get ironically, you actually walk. You have stairs, but I think you walk less overall distance. Than if you park at the, at back, the back of the, of the upper lot. lot. That you do. employee they, lot's a long They also away. don't like to... So my our kids are very concerned with good parking, parking, but we have to balance the good parking issue with the mom moves really slowly in the morning issue with the... And then we're at the ski area all day because we get there... If we get there when they open, then we're there all day. Because ski lessons basically go until the mountain closes. They're afternoon lessons for us. And so I decided to compromise with the kids since you weren't there. Usually JR gets up in the morning and gets working on breakfast and gets the coffee going. So I I was going to microwave coffee from the day before. I bought a Costco thing of hard-boiled eggs. So we were just going to have hard-boiled eggs for breakfast. We are going to drop Faith off with my mom. And I wouldn't have to be in charge of her, feeding her, carrying her stuff. I also bought... This actually worked out great, JR. I didn't tell you this, I don't think. I bought some of the smaller sausage links, breakfast sausage links from Costco. Tito was telling me about And we this. just threw them in the air fryer so we had nice hot sausage links and then put them... I can't find the green hydro flask. I have the, it. 
I took it with me for extra the coffee. The fat one? Uh-huh. Oh. For extra coffee. So we had to wrap some of them in tinfoil and they got <clears throat> cooler faster, but then we packed as many in the purple thermos flask as we could. And so we just had hard-boiled eggs and... Oh, fig bars and sausages for breakfast. So it was actually kind of a well-rounded breakfast. Lots of protein, a little bit of carb. And so I we rolled out of the house at 7.30. It's an hour drive, a little over, like an hour and 10 drive minute drive up to the ski area. So we were going to be there before the lifts opened. And we got beaten to the punch so badly. We not only did not have upper lot parking... Which on a normal Saturday it would have been borderline upper lot, lower lot with the time that we were arriving. We didn't have lower lot parking. We sat in sand in standstill traffic for several miles going down the road that we drive is called Ski Run Lane, and for several miles down that, couldn't figure out was there an accident, what was going on. Finally figured out it was just so many people. They were parking people along the side of the road, which normally only happens on very, very, very busy days. And we, long story short, it was tremendously stressful because the kids were freaking out and the ski area runs a very sporadic shuttle. And when we started walking up the hill, the very sporadic shuttle drove past us several times and then would go pick up groups of adults. It was so frustrating to me. <laughs> like, can you not? Literally, my seven-year-old at one point was kneeling in the side of the road crying. And we still had so far to go. And we're in our ski boots, walking uphill, carrying our skis. So I'm carrying her skis. And God bless her, our friend Tracy, who maybe by God's grace, had who usually beats us up there by, by a miles, she had had to turn around and go back because she had a kid get sick. And she then she drove up and was after us. And then they had told her she couldn't park on the road. She needed to go look for other parking, which was very strange. Anyway, all of it to say she drove by us and was like, throw Elise in the car with me. She's inching her way up the hill. So I'm still holding Elise's skis and Elise climbs in the side of her Suburban. And then she keeps driving and Titus and Lily are like 50 yards up the hill. And then I see them throwing, they're all getting in the same door of the Suburban, throwing their skis in and climbing in. And she only had one kid with her at the time, but she normally has four. So I had no idea. Lily later asks, why didn't you get in in Tracy's Suburban when she drove by? And I was like, normally she's got four kids in there. I didn't think there'd be room. Like a lot of times she's been bringing up two extra people. Yeah, I I didn't think there'd be room in there for me. I was just grateful to not be begging Elise to get on her feet and take another step forward. That was all I was grateful for. And it was like, God sent this angel to get all of my kids up the hill. And I... It cracked me up. The um, So when we did Crystal mountain they had a reservation system but it was for parking for parking but you weren't allowed to basically do any sort of reservations for parking during the week it was only on weekends oh so i show up and there's a bunch of no parking signs really close to the mountain and permit only is what it said i don't know what that means but um so we took basically the first lot that was closest to the mountain but every single lot is a shuttle lot for the most part. Mm-hmm. And except the one where we are at, and we were still a long ways to walk. So I'm just like, man, my kids have it so nice. They do. That they can, most, a lot of ski areas are walking. Like Bridger, Bridger's like a walking ski area. It's horrible, you know, uh, or a shuttle ski area. Big Sky is a shuttle ski area. Discovery Basin, a little bit less so, but it's kind of small still. It's just really funny how it all works. Um I I did say after this, you guys gonna complain about lower lot anymore? And Titus and Lee are like, uh uh-uh, uh uh, lower lot's fine. No, we're good with the lower <laughs> lot from now on. And I'm you know we're we're gonna start driving. I think we're gonna start driving the van now to ski. So they're gonna have to be okay with lower lot because that's probably where I'll just park. There's a lot of vans that park in the upper yeah. lot. Yeah. Unless you're camping, there's Unless you're no camping, reason to not to park come. in the upper so, lot. Anyway. Um, yeah, you got mad, so that was mad crazy. respect, babe, because I would have stayed home. Oh, <laughs> like, so we, not dealing with that. Crowd. Well, you just, we had no idea there was going to be a red lodge. Didn't know there was going to be a crowd like that. Yeah, well, they I, I could have, totally there was going to be a huge crowd regardless. Not, 
nobody knew it was going to be that big of a crowd. Nobody knew it was going to be that big. Um, but there was a guy... patrol director said it was their busiest day in several years. Oh, for sure. There was a guy... So our friend Ty brought up his son and his son's friend. And his son's friend had been... Is 6'4", so he's your size. And his mom's boyfriend or somebody had given him the skis that he was skiing on. And they were like 195s. Whoa. And if you guys don't know... skinnies? Right. So, and so they They're were, out there. People ski them all the time. Right. But he was just... I was... He was cracking up at his skis compared to Titus's skis. Because Titus has... Titus's skis are fatter than mine. And then my powder skis. Titus is running a 108, so which is the same, as, same fatness as me. if you guys up with skiing... No, 106. Titus is 106. Skis in the 80s, the better you got the longer and the skinnier your skis were. Well, not they were always skinny, but you got longer and longer skis. And so my skis from when I was in junior high were quite a bit longer. I mean, at least six inches, if not a foot longer than the skis I ski on now. And skis have gotten much, much fatter. Like, Titus's skis are possibly twice as fat, or your skis, twice as fat as the ones I skied on in junior high and high school. And so here's this super tall guy, and it's really choppy powder, which is so hard to ski on on skinny skis because mm-hmm. it just throws you all over. And he's just, just, he really, really sweet kid. And also, he's, I was like, so you graduated from high school, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm working on passing tests so I can start working to be an apprentice electrician. And then by the time I'm 24, I'll be a journeyman and probably be self-employed and have my own company by the time I'm 30. And I was like, good for you. Like, that is so awesome. Just he's got a plan and he's he was excited about it. And it's one of those things where he's not going into piles and piles of debt Mm-hmm. to then work a finance career where the stock market might crash and he's yeah. going to have $200,000 of school debt and be out of a job. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be in a career that will always be necessary. As long as we've got electricity, we're going to have houses. We're going to need electricians. So anyway, I was like, good for you. But he was like, I paid $100 for this lift ticket. I'm not leaving until this mountain closes. <laughs> And but he was get, starting to get pretty worn out fighting this choppy, oh, yeah. in some places knee deep powder on these super skinny skis. And meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, Titus is basically on sailboats over there. He's just like floating on top of the big chunks of powder and then just blasting through the smaller chunks. It's um, it's amazing what a difference big skis like that make in terms of being able to enjoy. I used to not like skiing on powder because it was just so much work. Well, and now they, yeah, I mean, the ski designs now are, they're fat, but you can carve on them. And that was the problem with fat skis back in the day. You couldn't turn on them to save your life. Yeah. You know, they were horrible everywhere else. And they only work with people, oh, I got a set of powder skis. Well, now guess what? Your powder skis are also your groomer day skis. It's amazing. Except at our ski area, you've got your powder skis and you've got your... Every other day skis that have big gashes through the bottom. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's probably most skiers, But that's kind of every ski area right now. Like Snoqualmie, I looked at both Snoqualmie and Crystal Mountain, and neither of them had a ton of snow. Yeah. Driving through Kellogg, Idaho, where Silver Mountain is, mm-hmm. they had no snow on the ground in, in Kellogg. It was insane. That's depressing. The lower parts of the mountain had next to nothing. Lookout Pass was, I mean, signs were buried at Lookout Pass. I mean, they had a bunch of snow, but that's... Look out That's past. Normal. They've always got yeah. snow up there. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so you're home and our yeah. lives can go back to sort of normal, hopefully. Sort of normal. I was kind of feeling a little bit weird. Well, one, I've, I had an email that I was, that was stressing me out a little bit. Um, but the other one is like, now that the van's done, I'm like, I just kind of was like, okay, now what do I... This was kind of this weekend was kind of like an end cap for me sort of thing on in terms of a bunch of stuff that I was trying to get done the first part of the year and so now I'm kind of just thinking through I felt kind of discombobulated and a little bit out of sorts and aimless yesterday on the drive home because I'm like well man now what am I going to be working on but it, you know as I got to thinking about it, there's so much that needs to be done for the arrival of my my dad's coming he's going to be here middle of next week and we're going to start 
we got to start getting the garage ready and doing the prep work so he can start his build out. And there's a lot to be done there. Um, and then um, all of the stuff here at the house to prep them for living in our basement while they do some of this stuff. And so all of these things, <laughs> there's just, I, I, I don't, there's no lack of things to do. Um, I just, I like having a, a, a bigger, bigger sense of purpose. end goal and sense of purpose in life. Well, not so much sense of purpose, but a bigger end goal and like, okay, here's so, you know, I think I've kind of decided that I'm going to, I'm going to work. I'm going to kind of just start busting into the Spartan, uh, here soon. And even in the cold weather, uh, as I can. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot, unfortunately with that frame needing to be repaired still, there's not a lot I can do in the cold weather, Mm -hmm. but there still is, I mean, I have coveralls and honestly it's not been there's been a lot of days. It's not been bitterly cold that much. Yeah, there's been a lot of days where you can work outside. So, um, so yeah, getting in terms of getting back to normal, I, at least for me, like I don't have a particular normal. It's not like I slip back into a nine to five for five days a week. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out where, what I'm going to focus on here. There's all mm-hmm. sorts of things I want to do, and I don't know. Well, um, we have stayed busy while you were gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to acknowledge the ongoing interest on our telegram app that people have had in Titus's cookie recipe and Joanne commented that that she had tried the coconut bars and they were phenomenal. And also Titus on Sunday afternoon, we got home from church and Titus really wanted to try the giant cookie, but as individual cookies. And I'm not sure he followed the recipe entirely because they were a little bit dry But he also used a bag of whole wheat flour that my mom had dumped Mm -hmm. off on him. And I, but I laid on the couch and was like, I'm not helping you. You have to do it all on your own because I'm just, I'm tapped out. I've been on duty for too long and I'm going to lie on the couch and take a nap. And then when I wake up from my nap, I'm going to fart around on my phone. I'm not doing anything. And he didn't do as good of a cleanup job as I, and I was like, and you have to clean it all up. And he didn't clean it all up. But he single-handedly turned the oven on, did all of the in and out of the oven, did all of the melting and mixing and measuring. And he did them in individual cookie-sized drops. And they didn't spread. And he didn't realize that when we make the giant cookie that mm-hmm. we actually press it into yeah. a into a circle. So they didn't spread, but they were pretty good. And he did it all on his own, which was fantastic. And also on our Telegram, Beth commented on the online church mm-hmm. debate. Took a little bit of heat from my, my position. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, though. There's there's a little bit. I mean, you did from a couple of people, which I think is good. It's oh, good it's to fine. get pushback. But also, you were talking about if... I've, I've been wondering about this with the Canadian church people right now because you know with the trucker convoy i don't know if you've been following this trudeau Trudeau has instituted an emergency powers act that's only ever been enacted during wartime which means that the government gets to take control of things so for example accounts and stuff i think is what i was saying bank accounts Mm -hmm. as well as private companies if they literally if the government says we want you to do this the private company either complies or can go to jail for up to five years for not complying. You guys. So, so for example, so bad. tow truck drivers who previously they've called tow truck companies to start trying to haul trucks, semi-trucks mm-hmm. out of Ottawa. And they've said, nope, we're not going to do it. Well, now, if they say no under the Emergency Powers Act, they go to jail. Just walk away. Just quit the company. It's the, the people who company. the people yeah people who would end up I mean look as long as people play along right they're going to continue doing this so at some point well, you do have to they're say they're freezing people's bank accounts you do have to say I'm not going to take it like if you freeze my bank account you freeze my bank account you know yeah oh if I, oh, if I have to quit these, my job I quit my I, job but that's what's going to bring that totalitarian system to its knees is if you like as long as we play the mass game and we play the airline game and the flight game we're going to be dealing but there's going to be like ramifications to that as far as i can tell online the the freedom convoy as they call themselves 
are not they're basically they're like you don't have to you don't have to play ball like this Trudeau the little by little the liberal politicians again I don't know what they're the other liberal leaders are buckling and are taking back mandates and are doing things but Trudeau is doubling down he's he's not had a single conversation with anybody who is part of the freedom convoy he's just from his basement or whatever literally from hiding and acting these powers and they're like nope nope we double down on being peaceful which i think is one of the lovely things about canadians that i don't think americans could do because you know you know that the if american truckers were to, were to occupy dc they'd all be packing and somehow somebody mm-hmm. would get mad and shoot off and all of a sudden it would be full-scale war zone yeah it would be and you know one person in that case would would possibly put at jeopardy an entire movement but canadians aren't armed by and large and so they're successfully and they're literally bounce houses and tables set up with checkers matches going on and things like this like it's very hard from the media that i'm following to to think that Trudeau is going to win this war in public opinion. And so far when they're like, you freeze our bank accounts, I mean, like he's going to keep going further and further, but so far they're not backing down They're They realize the stakes and they are willing to pay a tremendous price because they realize what's at stake. Okay. So all that to say, you were going to comment more. I was I was going back to Beth's comment on our Telegram channel. You you had raised the possibility that if our government or another another government would say churches can no longer meet anymore to be like, you know what? We're going to meet in pods. Like we don't have to meet in our we don't have to be in our church facility. We we can do the house church model and we'll cram as many people into various houses as we can. And what Beth essentially is doing is that is a hybrid. Like they're worshiping online with their bigger church family, but they're doing it with a broader family because of a compromised health compromised family member that they have. But but they've got this pod of people, so it's not just them and their computers. They're still they're still doing a corporate thing yes you know so there's there is a bit of a hybrid the, model there which i think is cool Well, you bring out that's where i was actually going to go with this <clears throat> this kind of comment all of this i think kind of everything we're talking about in terms of pushing back against totalitarian governments um maintaining a sense of independence at a potential sacrifice of uh you know i can't access my bank accounts can't buy food, can't buy gas, um, you name it. I mean, just you think of something, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of compromises. I can't participate in... Not co- cost. Cost. They're, they're counting the cost. Yeah. So there, I can't participate in, in normal society, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, you know, or for lack of a better explanation. Point is, all of those things are survivable with a group of people, mm-hmm. with a network of people that are willing to come around and pool resources, um, take care of other people. And I think, I think we've seen that throughout, throughout history in those contexts. You always have, you know, if it's, if it's the bubonic plague in Europe, you've got Christian churches that are going into those places to take care of things. If it's world war two Germany, you've got groups of Christians that are surrounding each other to hold each other up. Even, um, POWs Mm -hmm. in Japan, you know they they survived by taking care support, of each taking other, each other yeah. and supporting each other. And what's the book with the runner? Unbroken. Unbroken. He, you know, when when they would do something that would end up getting them into solitary, you know, that was when they really suffered physically as I well mean, as mentally. This is yeah, and this is where you. I think we we have to have at least even a secular or social argument for having some sort of group or community or friend network you're involved in and you invest time and energy in because what did COVID do? COVID tried to isolate everybody, Mm -hmm. remove us from our support systems, 
remove us from our networks, keep us confined. And then when you start shutting things down, you have nowhere else to go. But if you don't, and and part of that though, is the American psyche right now is like, I need my government to provide this for me. I need my government to, to do this for me or do everything for me. So, you know, you end up, you end up having this, okay, if I, if I lose, what if, what if I lose power to my home? Uh, well, what if you do? What is your contingency plan? Do you have somebody you can go move in with? Do you have um, a, a wood burning stove? Do you have, you know, like what are the what are the solutions there? <clears throat> you know, and having a network around you people to help you deal with some of that stuff is super helpful. I was listening to, uh, I started a new book series because I finished, um, when I finished Dune, I finished Dune on the way out. So I, I just picked up another, um, just, you know, fun throwaway, uh, science fiction series on audible and I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's just, it's fun. It's an adventure. Um, but one of the things that the kind of the premises of this whole situation was a group of aliens had come down to knock out all of the world's infrastructure to make the planet less appetizing to another evil totalitarian invading group of aliens. So these two aliens have been battling each other for, you know, centuries now and the war's ongoing. Nobody cares about earth, but then all of a sudden a wormhole shifts and now earth is being cared about, but just kind of like on the edge of one. So you have, what happened was they knocked out all the world systems. And so then the author muses that the people who lived in rural areas and were, were better prepared and better off to not have, electricity yeah. and power over the winter than the people who were in big urban areas and at the same you know on the same same train of thought then the people who were poorer and had less dependence off. on technology and everything else were better off than mm-hmm. those who you know the situation was almost reversed Mm-hmm. And so you have this kind of interesting thought process going. I mean, we don't want to put everybody into the, you know, into the poverty line, but having a healthy dependence uh on other people and other communities and a lack of dependence on, you know, yeah, I think often, for example, all my bank accounts, all of my finances are uh are are digital. I don't have I've got a business, a local business bank account, but other than that, everything is digital. So if I lose access to the internet, I can't access anything. Mm-hmm. But if we lose access to the internet, every point of sale system at a gas station or a grocery store is connected to the internet. A lot of these systems won't even open unless they're connected to the internet. So you lose internet, you lose power. You can't open a cash register to even take somebody's cash for goods. Mm. You're hosed. You can't get gas because the pumps won't operate. You can't. And you I mean, know people like Russia and North oh, Korea are yeah. working. Speaking of North Korea, I think I sent you the article about the random hacker who has been turning off North Korea's internet intermittently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen this, Google DuckDuckGo search North Korea hacker internet, and you'll probably get a story. Or Jr. can look one up and add a link to it. I, I think it made the rounds a couple of weeks ago. But this guy, I don't even know why. He just got a chip on his shoulder about North Korea, I think. I don't think they did anything to him specifically. But he he's not some famous guy at all, but he's taking credit for basically figuring out, I don't weaknesses in North Korea's system. And he just turns their internet off every now and then to the entire country. That's amazing. <laughs> it's just and they he he won't speak publicly about the all of the weaknesses that he's found, but he described one enough that people could say, yes, this sounds credible. You know what you're talking about. You're probably the one doing this. But you know that Russia is trying to do this to us all the time. You know, and yeah. they would be <clears throat> Delighted to shut down our pipelines and our banks and everything else based on. I have so one of our in a lot of the a lot of the hacking now is automated. For instance, they'll set up a AI or a bot to go through and just you know flood the network with 
Sort know, of like robocalls waiting. Yeah, sort of like robocalls and a lot of, you know, what people make a big deal about all these graphic graphics cards that come out. The computation power in a graphics card is huge. A, a modern day graphics, I don't even know the numbers now, but a modern day graphics card can go through algorithmic password combinations so insanely fast that, I mean, that's why we're sitting on 256 key encryption models now or you know thousand key encryption models because if you don't a modern day graphics card could figure out by randomly guessing through an algorithm of letters and numbers um could guess your password in minutes i mean it's insane it's wild just all it's all automated so but i have this you know one of the devices i have at the home uh is a uh basically a, a home network firewall called rat trap and it goes between your uh, modem. So your internet comes in uh, to your modem. And then generally you plug your router into your modem. Well, the rat trap sits between your modem and your router. And um, I could probably look it up here in a minute. But I get somewhere on the course of 400 hack attempts or more a day. And they're trying... What are they trying to do? They're trying to... St- a lot of them are trying to steal data to uh some of them are tunneling so they'll mine they'll they'll hack into your system and then use your system as a springboard to do additional hacking weird so the i mean they're not they're not necessarily designed to come in and just do a total control sort of thing but it's definitely something that is uh sketchy but it's the amount of just the amount of hacking that's going on right now is just insane. So on the one hand, we do have a lot of protection, which is why one reason why I like a lot of the um, a lot of the blockchain uh, efforts and models. Um, and almost for every, for almost every single uh, hack that people are saying, you know, hundreds of millions of Bitcoin or whatever are stolen or this mm-hmm. is stolen, or whatever. Almost every single case of those is a centralized server. Hmm. So similar to somebody hacking into Amazon and taking stuff out of Amazon. Nobody's actually accessing. They're not hacking the blocks. You can't hack the blocks with the information. But you can hack a centralized server that's sitting with information on it. Mm. So the idea is to decentralize that server and uh, go from there. But anyway, um, what got us on this topic? Oh, Taking down the American internet system or electricity. And being being dependent upon other people mm-hmm. that there is a, an interdependence. I mean, I'm not a total, I'm not a total prepper. I mean, I'm not a whole, I know there are hard, hardcore preppers in my world. Uh, there's a guy, um, I don't think they listen to our podcast, um, but he, um, he basically buys uh, ammunition reloading components. So brass, bullets, gunpowder, primers. And he's been doing this for years. He's like, well, I just buy the ones I want to use. And if I don't use them, then if the world takes a crap, I can use them as currency. That's his currency. Mm -hmm. That's his currency. You know, and then he got buddies who buy gold and stick actual gold tokens in the ground or wherever. So they've got actual gold pieces. Um, You know, I mean, there's a lot of different. A lot of different things you can use, but I mean, it makes sense to have, you know, have some cash or some gold sitting in, you know, something you can use in a, that's a physical piece you can use to trade with having Mm -hmm. that, having something along those lines at your home. So if you, you know, goods and services, I mean, economics 101, Hey, you have a pair of shoes I want. Yeah, you do. Well, you have a, you know, you can weld something that I want. Let's trade. I mean, that's. If it has value, it's got value. So anyway. Yes. Um, okay. So um, I'm trying to think where to go from there. I I will tell you the question that Elise asked me yesterday morning as we were getting ready to go to our self-defense class. Actually, I'll tell you, you guys, about so our this homeschool adventure group that we do which sometimes does hikes outside and sometimes does field trip sort of things i arranged a self-defense class through our judo taekwondo dojo that we go to they do self-defense classes for 
like demonstrations in schools and things like that. And I didn't know exactly what it would entail, but just as something interesting for other kids to do. And we had probably about 45 kids show up for this class ages. We had scheduled it ages like four and up and then faith jumped in. So it was ages three and up. And the, the funniest thing I walk in, I'm trying to be there a little bit early since I'm the one who knows the instructor and it's one of the main Taekwondo instructors teaching it. And I walk in and he and his wife, who is also a Taekwondo master uh, black belt at our dojo, they have a Yorkie, which Yorkies are not my favorite dog. There's a cartoon I used to follow when I lived in Philly that I can't even remember what the cartoon was, but it, they featured regularly a pair of eagle, evil Yorkies who would sit in a window and make disparaging comments at people who were going by. And so I've always thought of Yorkies as evil Yorkies. And But this one, she wasn't yappy, which was a huge bonus. And her name was Rosie. And I'm like, oh, you brought your dog, Grandmaster Thompson. And he's like, yeah, she's going to be part of the self-defense class. So he sits the kids down at the beginning of the self-defense class. And I'm actually going to post this picture on our Telegram because it's such a funny picture. He He's teaching the kids, if someone tries to grab you, and one of the kids is like, why would someone try to take me? And he was like, I'm going to let your parents discuss why your parents would want to take you. But just know, like, there are people, there are bad people who would want to mm-hmm. steal you from parks or steal you away from your parents. And you you love your parents, right? You want to stay with your parents. They're the best people to take care of you. And the kids are all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to stay with our parents. We love our parents. And so he's like, so and he pulls up the hood. He's wearing a black hoodie. He pulls the hood up, puts on a pair of sunglasses, and then he picks up Rosie, little Rosie the Yorkie. And he's like, hey, kid, you want to pet my puppy? And a couple of kids, <laughs> these are homeschooled kids, right? They inherently have stranger danger because they don't get out much. So <laughs> kids are like, no, I don't want to pet your dog. And then this kid, um, I don't know how old he is. He's five or six. He He's like, I'll pet your dog. So he stands up and Grandmaster Thompson grabs, grabs him by the arm and drags him about 20 feet away. And the kid was laughing, which I was like, okay, that could have that could have terrified a kid, yeah, scarred right? him. He thought it was really funny. But the picture of just this guy trying to be creepy with his little Yorkie was hilarious. Just one of those oh, funny, funny moments. And I sent the picture to the mom later. She's like, clearly we have some training to do for my kid who gets enticed by the the cute small dog. And I was like, yeah, because his mom took in a baby bunny that she is now raising because somebody asked her if she wanted to take care of a cute little animal. So he comes by it, honestly. That's but funny. It was, it was really funny. And the kids, the culmination of the class was getting to break boards and... Holy cow, you guys, if you ever have the chance for your kids to break boards, and these boards broke fairly easily, so every kid successfully broke a board, even though it took some several tries, oh my goodness, the high they got out of breaking boards was amazing. It was it was just so fun. They came home and they were on cloud nine the rest of the day. But we're eating breakfast, and we're getting ready to go to this class, and Elise goes... Does going to youth group, because Titus is at the age where he could be going to our church youth group next year, and he's got two friends that they're discussing if they're going to go to youth group together and what youth group might be like, and the discussion trickles down to other kids. So seven-year-old Elise looks at me and goes, does going to youth group teach you how to be a good mom or a dad? And I was like, ah. No. (laughs) You say no. But what teaches you to be a good mom or dad? I think what primarily teaches you to be a good mom or dad is the example you see from your actual mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I agree. And that's a lot of what I told her. And I said, do you, you're learning right now what, how a mom takes care of her kids, like what what do you think you should when you're a mom what do you think you should feed your kids for breakfast and she was like i don't know and i was like what do you eat for breakfast name me five healthy breakfasts that you eat 
And she rattled five healthy breakfasts off right away. And then I said, name five healthy dinners that you eat. And she rattled off five healthy dinners right away. And I was like, so you're you're learning how to be a good mom or dad from the experience that you have. But ideally, going to youth group does help build a foundation for being a good mom or dad. Because what are you supposed to be learning when you go to youth group, giving all youth groups in the world in the United States the benefit of the doubt, you're learning how to build a strong relationship with God and how to have good relationships with other people. And the best way to be a good mom or dad is to have a good relationship with God and have skills to have good relationships with your husband, with your wife, and then have good relationship skills with your kids. And then have good relationship skills with other people that you can go learn from. So you learn to be a good mom or dad from asking other people questions when you're stumped and from reading books and from taking classes. Like I told her, we, with the pastor that left our church this spring, we, how many parenting classes did we take from them? At least three Sunday school classes. We sat through parenting classes and you learn various things at each stage of parenting that you're at. And so I was pointing out to her all the different ways that we learn. And I was like, and let's be honest, we're doing on the job training here with being a good mom or a dad because we parent you a whole lot differently than we parented Titus when he was mm-hmm. your age. And, you know, we're still learning and growing and changing, and Faith's going to get parented differently than you are at this age because. First, she's a different person, and secondly, will be different, hopefully better people by the time she's that age. But it was um, a super interesting question for a seven-year-old to just pop out of nowhere. Yeah. That is. <clears throat> yeah. Um, quick. I actually opened up Rat Trap mm-hmm. to see hacking. Um, or at least uh, hacking attempts in the last 24-hour period. I've had 3,600 attempts blocked, um, and roughly about every two hours, um, they do everything by the hour. Um, it's about almost 200 hacks, 200 attempted hacks an hour. The top countries, you guys are going to like this. The top countries are Russia, the Netherlands, and uh, a long way, United States, and then a long ways down, China. Uh, Russia, though, has 400, in the last three days, I've had 400, 4,100 attacks blocked. The Netherlands, 3,800, followed by the United States, 669. Does it it tell you how many attacks get through? Uh, Yeah, none. That it knows of. And, well, this is, yeah, this is pulling, um, this is blocking every attack that's coming into my home network. And it's, it pulls from, uh, I'd have to look at it. How does super it know, nerdy. this is getting super nerdy, but how mm-hmm. does it know that an attempted attack is made and how does it block it? IP addresses, incoming versus outgoing IP addresses. So the only thing that should be incoming um, you can whitelist and blacklist. So there's certain things that are always going to be incoming into your network. So if you have a phone that pulls weather data, that's usually automatically whitelisted because it's part of your device. Um, however, this has a master, this pulls from a master ongoing, and the information's on their website, a master ongoing database of malicious attacks and those, there's parameters for what is a malicious attack and what isn't hmm. and approaches for malicious attacks versus non-malicious queries. Cause sometimes it'll be just like, Oh, somebody's just inquiring the weather for the day. But then other people are like, no, I'm going to query bank account information, hmm. you know, or access hmm. to when you're, when your computer connects to your bank account, you know, they'll pick up on that IP address and try to hack that. So then they know where you're banking. And if they pull up a list of blown passwords that are on the dark web somewhere, then they can, you know, oh. manual hackers can go in and punch that in, mm-hmm. figure that stuff out. Huh. So all that stuff is pretty. Wow. Anyway, it's nice to have good, uh, good protection mm-hmm. 
for sure. I've had 84 incoming attacks blocked since 2.47. So, you know, since about the time we've been for recording this. For about half this, an hour. About half an hour, yeah. What? So anyway, um, <clears throat> Russia is the number one uh, country that hacks come out of right now. Just for interesting Pretty anecdotal interesting. Uh, anecdotal state. It is amazing. We can close with this conversation. How wildly corrupt and deceptive the human heart is. If you think about the incredible amount of beauty and variety that God Mm -hmm. made in the world, like the fact that we're still discovering types of insects in, in rainforests or types of, you know, there'll be a big tsunami and fish from the bottom of the ocean floor will wash up on the shore of Indonesia that have never been discovered before. And to think that as as deep and as wild as the ocean and the rainforests are in there, I wouldn't necessarily say beauty because I don't think all bugs and deep water fish are beautiful. <laughs> They're horrifying. But infinite, the infinite amazing creativity and food varieties and the way that you can, okay, I'm going to go to Francis, or not Francis, Robert Farrar-Capen again, but he says, you know, somebody who truly delights in the created world will never tire of a few basic ingredients. You know, the things you can do with a simple cut of meat and a couple of sauce ingredients and all the ways that you can mix and match them and, or taco makings, you know, you have a taco, oh, a tostado, man. or was Bubba Gump and his shrimp, you know, like just the inf- the amazing variety of beautiful ways that we can mix and match the creation that God has given us in good ways. And then what Satan has done is taken that and made a mere image in evil and just the infinite seemingly infinite it's not infinite only god is infinite but the incredible number of ways that we see and experience evil and corruption like remember back in the early 2000s when you would get emails to your yahoo or your aol account from a nigerian prince well i still get occasionally from they'll still come through and i can't figure out why that's even still a thing i know right do but people no, fall for it i mean but think about all the different they're constantly having to update ways that old people not just old people that people can get scammed you know because scammers are constantly coming up with new crazy ways to be able to deceive and scam people and i mean like look at how so a lot of those people the old the quote-unquote old people fall for some of that stuff i think some of it's out of ignorance um some of it's out of just not thinking as clearly as you used to back in the day some of it's out of worry but i think a lot of us a lot of it like I can start to understand it now because there's a lot of technologies that are coming up around me that, that I'm like, laughing. I don't know anything about this. And right. then I get a, I get a notice about something and I'm like, Ooh, uh, but gosh, is that legit? Like there's been a few that have come to me. I'm like, is that legit? Most of the time it's not legit, mm-hmm. but I'm like, so, you know, if it's related to my account, then I always, almost always go, okay, let me close everything out that mm-hmm. is related to that. Open up a new browser window. Or open up my phone, different device, log into the account and see if there's anything there, a notice. Right. Did you know my mom almost got, I can't remember if it was an, no, somebody called her. Somehow she was trying to log, she was on the phone with somebody and was trying to log in. And our friend Ty, who lives in my parents' basement right now, walked in and she's like, I can't, I'm having, she's hard of hearing. And she's like, I can't understand what they're saying. And she handed the phone to Ty and Ty was like, this is a scam. (laughs) And my mom was like, oh my gosh, I feel like such an idiot. But it just takes one moment of, and they they always do it by fear too, right? Like Mm -hmm. you need to log in right now and you need to fix this problem or, Or you're going to go under... Yeah, all, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Everything so, can wait. All the time, everything can wait. Yeah, but it just takes, you know, it just takes that one moment, and then they've got access to things or whatever. But um, I don't know. I just, and they're, I don't know. I mean, looking at the Canadian situation and thinking, like, surely, surely, you know, 
you're not gonna deprive people, empty people's bank accounts because they you you're tracking that they donated to the Canadian trucker convoy, you know. But yeah, that that okay. You're basically Trudeau. You know, Trudeau is basically sanctioning his own people, his own citizens. He's like, I mean, that's what we do. That's what the U.S. does to foreign countries all the time. Uh-huh. We're gonna. We're going to freeze your funds so you can't actually access your funds. Because you're doing something wrong. And I don't... But but I guess my point, I don't want to get into the, the politics, but just the... I don't know. Um, doing that to your own people is a massive... I just feel like it's a massive... Betrayal. Massive uh, violation of yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. But I... <clears throat> I don't know. I just... There have been several different instances in my week where I have struggled with feeling almost despair just at why are people so bad? Why is the world in such a bad situation? And it's, you know, you look at the book of Job and God has given Satan permission to test his people and to um, to push things well beyond what we're comfortable with God letting mm-hmm. Satan do in testing God's people that he is absolutely confident in because he's the one who keeps us. It's not us keeping ourselves. Mm. It's God keeping us. That's why God was so confident in his servant Job is because he knew that he would keep his servant. And that's why, why God is confident in us, you know, looking at the hall of faith in Hebrews and knowing that we have this cloud of witnesses that's, supporting us but also that it's Christ who is in in us and through us and um it's I had a particular exchange with a gal whose son is in the military and she just looking at the way the military has treated military members recently was really wrestling one particular night with fear and frustration and um just the the feeling of out of control and when it's your kid the the hopelessness and helplessness and fear just gets ramped up so much and she i can't remember who who says this but she has been saying to herself a lot lately the sovereignty of god is the pillow upon which the believer can rest their head and so, somebody mentioned that quote recently yeah same person and but I can't remember who the who the quote comes from. Is it Spurgeon? It's probably Spurgeon. Spurgeon. But um, but just that has been I kind of at the forefront of my mind recently mm. because I don't know. I I go to Costco and I have that like maybe I should be buying more. Like I won't lie to you. I have a our garage is full of food. <laughs> I mean, not like I'm okay with crazy, that garage. Not being like crazy full of... prepper levels, but like I've got a couple of extra. Whenever I go, I make sure, you know. I mean, it's not even if like if the world goes nuclear, but if we have another supply chain disruption, I was feeding our dog freezer burnt meat from the freezer because Costco didn't have the kind of dog food I wanted, and so I have. I'm trying to keep an extra bag of dog food on hand, and I'm trying to keep. You know, I don't run us down to the last bag of flour. I have 20 pounds of flour that I'm cycling through sort of thing. So I'm not I'm not prepped for us to be like hunkered down in underground underground bumper bunkers for a year. But I am prepped for if there's a supply chain disruption, we may not be eating what we normally eat. Mm-hmm. But but every time I go to Costco, I have to battle this urge to go. Is it enough? Is it enough? And it's. For me, it becomes not a not am I being wise in caring for my family and looking at the world around me and understanding the times. It becomes a will I trust God to take care of my family whenever all of this runs out? Because no matter how prepped I am, it's never oh, going to be prepped yeah. enough for a heart that's being ruled by fear mm-hmm. versus a heart that's being ruled by trust in God. Whew. And that's a good, that's a good wow. And so, um, you know, and and if you look at the incredible amount of evil in human hearts, not just from scammers and not just from 
I'm going to say this, people who run pharmacy companies and people who run government agencies and people who were in other, you know, North Korea, China, Russia, you know, I mean, there's just so much instability driven by just evil. Like, I don't think you can call the Chinese regime anything but evil. And there's a lot of global instability being driven by an evil regime. And I could go, I mean, I, I'm talking in circles, sort of, I could go on and on about all of the bad things and all of the evil in the world. And that doesn't even start to, to, oh, yesterday, leaving judo, we're sitting at a major, major stoplight. And we kept seeing police cars with their lights and their sirens ripping down a street where the, the speed limit is 35 miles an hour. And they are flying and, I mean, there was one point where a car <laughs> was in the middle of an airport in Maine. So, like, multiple major streets coming mm-hmm. through. The, a car did not, I don't know how a car didn't see him coming. Because it was, within a span of 30 seconds, five police cars went by at high speed with their lights blaring. And this car, two of them literally were going side by side. And they separated and went around a car that hadn't pulled over to the side that had stopped in the middle of the street and then came back in. And the kids were like, oh my gosh, what is it? Maybe somebody's getting robbed. And I was like, I don't I, I don't know, guys. This is bigger than that. And I actually could not imagine what was bigger than that. And they were like, I bet it's a bank getting robbed. And I was like, nope, I don't think it's a bank getting robbed. I think it's bigger than that. I mean, this is, if you guys aren't familiar with Billings, we have a lot of petty crime and we have a big meth problem and so a lot of drug in related crime. certain parts of our town there's a lot of drug related crime and this might have been related to that it turned out i checked my facebook news sources as i was going to bed and a man had been walking around waving a handgun in a neighborhood and um they That's ended awful. up they ended up shoot, shooting and killing him and didn't have any explanation at that point about if he had been threatening the police officers when they approached him or what, I'm sure we can get follow up from it. But I work out with a bunch of cops at the Joe Dojo, so you, you can might figure hear. it out. But what, what was really interesting to me was as the kids are musing, like bank robbery was the worst thing they could imagine that all of these police cars are going by for. And Lee Lee goes, I, I can't think about that. It's going to give me nightmares. And, you know, you have this kid that the worst, the, the worst thing she can imagine is a bank robbery and that's going to give her nightmares. She also gets nightmares from wind and a tornado is also God bless her. Right. She keeps her innocence forever. Well, yeah. I mean, even these kids in the self-defense class that are like, why would somebody want to take me? Like, (laughs) Oh, you have you heard of sex trafficking? Yeah. And to think that there are hundreds of thousands of kids around the world who are, this is their reality. Um, anyway, all that to say, I could just go on and on about how bad the world is, but I think we all could go on and on about yes. how bad the world is. And I at love, some point, we have to just stop and say, but God's got it. Yeah, I mean, your your comment that, I mean, essentially you said we can find hope. When, when Satan, when we know God has kind of experienced God allowing Satan to push push us beyond our limits in terms of comfort and peace and security when we get pushed way past our limits we can find help we can find hope in that because that means that means it's a reminder that God's the one who holds us secure and he's ultimately confident that Satan's not going to you can push him as far as you want but I'm the one that holds them mm-hmm. not not them so it's not up to us it's up to him and I'd like that's a really great I'm thinking of that. Is it the Getty song that says, "He will hold me fast. He will yeah, hold me fast." I think so. Um, so it's a good, yeah, good reminder. Love he it. He will hold us um, fast. That was one of the fastest hours to go by, I think, in a while. So we're going to close the show by letting you guys know that all of the 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 couple links that we've mentioned uh, here, the North Korean hacker article. I'll send you guys a link for the Rat Trap Firewall, and then uh, the book, The Supper of the Lamb. Uh, that Molly mentioned. We'll put all those up in the show notes. And then I'm also going to include, if you guys want to 
continue the conversation off online, offline, off rate show on with other people that listen to the show. Um, you can join our Telegram group, and I'll include a link to the Telegram group. I have it. It's a private link. It's not a private group, but you have to have the link to join the group, and it's I only ever publish that in the show notes. So, for the most part, so uh, jump on to Telegram, join us in the conversation there, and the conversation ranges all over the place, and it's usually pretty great. So, um, please do that if you're on our website, www.toobusytoflush.com or tb the number two f.com. You can uh, to order a shirt or swag or people weird and hard or something like that. Um, you can also send us a postcard through the uh, postcard option on our website there. So that's all I've got today. It's great to be back with you guys after a week away. And some of you we talked to throughout the week, mostly on Telegram. Um, and we'll see you guys next week, I guess. Yep. See you next week. 